Welcome to this week's edition of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. A very special episode. Uh, we, we're doing something a little different this week, and we are going to. I kind of wanted. To, I thought it'd be interesting if we caught up with three of the previous guests and kind of, you know, hear about some of the cool and interesting things they've been doing over the last few months or a year or whatever. So we're going to be chatting with them and uh, catching you up. And in theme with that, (laughs) I brought on a very special previous guest to help me do the intro. Hello, everybody. It's Lindsay. (laughs) It's my wife, Lindsay. Earlier in the week, Lindsay actually came up with the name of these special episodes because I was like, you know, this this isn't it's definitely part of the podcast. But instead of hour long interviews, they're all like 20 minute long uh, segments, kind of catch up sessions. And so I was like, Lindsay, what should I call it? Bigfoot sightings. (laughs) I thought that yours was you had some good catchy ones, too. I don't even remember what I said. Big feats. F-E-A-T-S. Oh. oh, let me say, that actually is going to be a segment in the future uh-huh. um, because I, I want to give shout outs on the podcast. So if someone who's part of the community or a listener or someone that we know that has done someone, something awesome, you know, like for instance, last week, um, I know one of our old friends from high school has talked to me about the podcast a bit. Derek Koenig ran the Bix uh, which is a race in Davenport, Iowa. It's a seven mile super hilly race in Davenport, Iowa. And he, as did Shane, as did Shane. Shane Dowdy did also. So those would be like the like a Bigfoot big feet. Like <laughs> I would come out here and be like, hey, everybody, we have a big feet this week and it's feet, F E A T. Get it? Lindsay knows like I'm full of dad puns. Um, yeah. So if you're enjoying this episode or any of the other ones, just, you know, go to SoundCloud, check out the rest of them, including our Is SoundCloud saved. Can you answer this for us all? That's a great question. I have no idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, you can check out the episode with Lindsay, which was awesome. It was about doing the whole 30 challenge. It was really good. Um, and you could check out Check it out on iTunes or anywhere you hear podcasts. All right, Lens, I got done with that part. <laughs> the podcast promotion part. But I, honestly, like people, you if you guys enjoy it, like we have some really good episodes. I'm really proud of the project. I just, right now, I'm not feeling really comfortable with the whole promoting part. It's hard part. to hustle. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to talk about how awesome you are so you don't have to do it? Sure, that'd be awesome. Okay, everyone. So my husband is very awesome as you all. Oh, God. We're doing the awesome drinking game, so y'all had better had like three drinks by now. But anyways, he has obviously, as you can tell, put in a lot of hard work to this podcast. I can't imagine the amount of, you know, cool people that he has come across and now we're kind of friends with um, because of this podcast. And it's helped maintain his sanity while he's stayed home this year with our girls. And he's also going back to work next week. So he's going to be doing two jobs. Yes. Um Thank you. That was awesome. You're welcome. Um, awesome. 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 Subscribe. <laughs> what is it? Subscribe, rate, and comment. Review. Review. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it, though. So we have three different guests today. Um, we're going to be talking to Calvin Johansson about his Join One Hundred Club, which is free. First of all, 
because I don't want people to think we're like promoting something that, you know, you have to pay for, but it's, it's a free club you can join that will help you, um, chase a goal. It'll help you on your journey towards a goal. Calvin's going to explain all about that. Um, he's great. He's one of my best friends. He is so unbelievably inspiring. Last time we talked to him, he had just finished climbing over a hundred mountains in 100 days with his 14er project. And he's actually been on the podcast twice. So episode number two and episode number 18. So you can go back and listen to those. They are definitely two of my favorite episodes because I love Calvin. He is a frequent visitor of our couch. He keeps it warm, but he also pays us in cookies. So I am also a fan and my girls love him. Yeah. And he, he just is a great guy. So He's going to be the first one. And I guess just really preview for the other two. Uh, we have Jason Suddeth after him talking about uh, he signed up for his first 50K. And then after him, we are going to be catching back up with Sean Furlong, who was on our episode about how to climb your first 14er or a guide to climb your first 14er. And I'm proud to say he actually accomplished that. So we'll be checking in with them. But first, I hope you guys enjoy. Calvin Johansson and the Join 100 Club. All right, Calvin Johansson, you're about to start another 100 days of some sort of challenge for your Join 100 Club. So let's talk about it, man. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the 100 day commitment, the 100 Club. It's an opportunity to improve your life a day at a time by either adding or subtracting something into your life um, that, you know, if you're going to add something, maybe it only takes 10 or 15 minutes. If you're subtracting something, you know, trying to improve your habits, uh, it's just a daily commitment for 100 continuous days. And the whole idea isn't about perfection necessarily, although that's ideal, but it's all about progress. That's the name of the game. Yeah, and so basically you make a commitment, and I like that you use the word commitment, and I'm really like trying to take that seriously, you know, for so whatever I decide to do for the 100-day commitment, you know, I'm committed to it. I'm going after it no matter what, um, which you used to call it challenge. Did you do that intentionally? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I'm often, friends look at me as like the challenge guy, and I did start out as like 100-day challenge Story goes back in September of 2015, I wanted to learn how to do a handstand. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna take on a 100 day challenge to learn a handstand. Um, and through that process, I accomplished that. But then later on, I was thinking more about it, the idea of challenge and the word commitment. And uh, I won't use too many other kind of stories, but I just, some good takeaways of people discipline, discipline in their life that seem to accomplish big goals or even small goals is the idea of um, choice or making a decision. And the idea that if you eliminate choice from your day of, you know, do you feel like doing it or do you not feel like doing it, 90% of the time, you're not gonna feel like doing it, so it won't get done. So that's where challenge comes. It's like, well, you know, I hope to do it. That feels like a challenge, whereas commitment, it's something about, you know, maybe it's with NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, but the idea of commitment is like, you know, come push, come to shove, no excuses. You're going to get it done in that day. That's what a commitment is. That's what a decision is. So by changing the terminology from a hundred day challenge to a hundred day commitment, it's more of saying, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to buckle in. I'm playing the long ball. 
but only doing it day by day for a hundred continuous days. It's a commitment. Yeah. So what kind of commitments have people, I won't say challenge <laughs> right after you said that, <laughs> what kind of commitments have people taken on? Yeah, we've had some really incredible things. Um, and I'll use myself and some other examples. Uh, first started myself. I've done everything from learn a handstand, which was trying to add a skill into my life to one of my favorites was remove energy drinks. So that was removing something, not having to do anything. I found that easy. Uh, I found some people taking on the commitment of doing 15 minutes of yoga a day, um, writing 500 words a day, trying to stretch and touch their toes, hopefully within 100 days. So that's a stretching goal. We've had people do 30 minutes of committed exercise that gives them a variable to you know, go running, jogging, climbing, do yoga, something different. Um, people committing to doing 10,000 steps a day. Uh, we've had people learning instruments, uh, reading books for 10 minutes, people doing meditational breathing. Um, yeah, that's kind of like the ones that kind of stick out in my mind. It's basically like if you have, if you're picturing your life and there's some sort of skill or some sort of habit you're either, you either want to build, you know, and you're picturing that in your future, this is like a good step-by-step thing to get you there. Because, it's, you know, if you put 100 days into anything, you're going to see some sort of improvement, especially 100 continuous days. Um, what, what would you – well, first of all, where do – where would this, this thing is free. I want to make yeah. sure people know that. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no monetary commitment. All it is, um, uh, it's a free thing. You can go to join100club.com. Um, and that will give you a printable chart to cross off every single day if you did or did not do your challenge and an opportunity to join the Facebook group in the community of people who are posting their challenges, um, kind of, you know, motivating people and inspiring them. It's, that, it's absolutely free. Um, it's, and it's really simple to where I kind of send out the idea of we're a very tech-ridden society, but there's something magical about a physical piece of paper that you cross off every day and something that stares at you. It's like an instant reinforcement every day or a reminder. Um, and the idea is there's, it's a chart with a hundred little blocks on it. It's the idea that if you, you know, it's very black and white. Did you do your commitment or did you not do it? And, um, there's a psychological kind of trick that goes on here and where you cross off, you put a red X or you color the box in if you did it. And what happens is when you have that front and center every day, whether it's by your bed, in front of your computer, in your bathroom, when you see this thing and you start to see a streak, so yourself, uh, you look back and you see multiple days, whether it's two days, five days, or 10 days, in a row of red X's, a streak where you've stayed to your commitment, it builds momentum and it like supercharges you. So that day, all you do is look at your chart and pretty soon you're like, you know what, I've been doing this for five or 10 days. I'm going to make sure I get this commitment done because I don't want to break the streak because often we've seen individuals and this happens when people are trying to form habits or learn skills is that when they skip a day, then it becomes really easy to skip another day or another day and then soon one day turns into three days of skipping, soon three days turns into an entire year of you not making progress uh, or improvements on something you wanted to do in your life. Yeah, man. And I can vouch for this because we just finished 100 days and I chose to do 15 minutes of yoga every day. And I put it, this is a suggestion. This is where I would put it. And this is where I did put it. I put it right on my refrigerator because 
you're gonna see your refrigerator every single day. And so it was right on my refrigerator. And you're right, man. Like, just the the pure act of xing it out, <laughs> physically xing it out, made me want to do it every single day. Where I would look, go to the refrigerator. Like at, I don't know, if I hadn't done it by like 5 p.m., I would look at the refrigerator and just kind of be like, oh my, God, I have to do this. <laughs> There's no excuse not to do this. Yeah. And um, and you know, you get a little like boost of energy and like excitement and positivity when you exit off after you after you accomplished it Um, yeah i'm i'm definitely not a uh brain biologist or scientist or whatever but you definitely get a little dopamine boost or serotonin whatever the brain chemical is you get a little spike when you check it off because it's a reinforcement (laughs) that you're keeping that promise to yourself now i know some individuals when they see this whole idea of a hundred day commitment it's super intimidating they think oh my god like I would love to do 10 days, but 100 days is just seems like too much. And we live in this world of people want instant gratification. They want to sign up for uh, the 10-day habit formation or 21 days or 7 days or 19 days or whatever. And to me, all that shit is just bullshit, and it doesn't mean that you're in it for the long haul. Like To think of these things, if you want real improvement in your life, like you don't get to where you are in life overnight. Um, you don't learn how to walk overnight. You don't know how to learn to, uh, to read or gain or lose weight, whatever. It doesn't happen overnight. Improvements or uh, the opposite, like decreasing, I guess, <laughs> would be increase or decrease. You happens day by day, very subtly. And then before you know it, uh, three months pass on by. And that's a quarter of a year. It's 90 days. So I just think, you know what, 100 days or something beautiful about 100. It's like trying to give it 100%. Um, 100 seems like a perfect number, uh, but I want individuals to think of when they look at a 100-day commitment, instead of being intimidated, think of it as a lifestyle. Say, I'm not looking for the quick fix. I'm not looking for the quick challenge. It's supposed to give me magic results in one week. It's like, no, real results take time, and you're going to commit to this process uh, over a 100-day period, and that's how you're going to get results. Um, one of my kind of favorite, there's the idea of compound effect, right? That's little things add up that over time, those little things become the big things. Um, and there's this book, uh, this author's concept called the slight edge. And you think about people who perform incredible in life or seem to possess really great skill sets or success or whatever. It's whole idea of like, how do you get the slight edge and not trying to compare against other people? Um, but maybe yourself, like how's yourself get the slight edge? How do you become a great person or a great performer? Or how do you get in good shape? And the idea is it's it's day by day, those little things add up. So it's like if you imagine every day you sit down and you write 500 words, uh, the first week they're not going to be very good or the second or third, whatever. But if you do that for 100 days, that's 50,000 words you've written, which is almost equivalent to a 200-page novel, right? And that's not going to say all those words are good, but it's the practicing of writing that's going to get your brain developing, the habit developing, the inquisitive, the thinking process, all those. And over time, all those little efforts compound and they add up. And that's how you truly get the slight edge. So in individuals, I guess kind of beating a dead horse here probably, but when you see a hundred day commitment, I like to remind people of, remember that the day is, the time is going to pass regardless. A hundred days is good to pass. So instead, just think about taking it day by day, and all you have to focus and worry about is today. Did I do my commitment today? 
that's all that really matters. And then you can worry about tomorrow's commitment when tomorrow's come and not get caught up right now thinking about, oh, what about three days or five days from now? All that matters in this moment is today. And by doing your daily commitment is what's going to give you the slight edge over a long period of time. Yeah. And uh, for me personally, with the yoga thing, the first 30 some days, I didn't notice a difference. I was suffering through yoga, dude. Like I, I, I could barely touch, like I could touch my toes, but that was it. And, you know, I felt really stiff still, but something magical happened at like day 32 where all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, like I'm enjoying this now, but it took 32 days. <laughs> like if you're expecting things just to magically, you know, feel amazing two days in, like that's ridiculous. That's not realistic. Um, can, can we talk real quick about smart goal setting? I guess. Have you ever heard of smart goals? I have. So yeah, it's a great thing. When, um, I've made this, uh, I've made this poor choice in setting goals or commitments in the past, and that's trying to do too much or trying to make big changes or having unrealistic goals. So um, before we go into smart goal planning, I guess, like a bad goal might be um, if you're someone who could barely bend over and you're like, oh, in 100 days, I hope to be able to put my palms on the floor. Well, there's some, you need to have realistic expectations of what's actually physically possible. So smart goals help with that. So when I tell individuals, um, when thinking about the 100 day commitment, think about smart goals and smart is an acronym. So S is specific. You need to have absolute clarity. So, um, I guess should we, should we go through all the acronyms real yeah, quick? Man. So, Let's do it. um, so smart S is for specific, uh, specificity. Uh, M is for measurable, uh, A is for accountable, R is uh, reachable, realistic, yeah, sorry, realistic, or uh, both. reachable, I, mean or both, yeah. they, but realistic, and T is for time sensitive, you gotta have kind of like a timetable on it, is that right? Yep. Um, so going back to specificity, let's use an example of uh, a bad goal and a good smart goal. So if you want to get more flexible, for example, if you want to work on um, your physiology in your body, let's just say flexibility. So if you say, I want to do yoga every day, and that's your commitment. Well, by just having that goal, it's very gray of that. Does that mean one minute of yoga? Does that mean one yoga pose? Or does that mean a half hour and 50 yoga poses? Because doing one or the other are going to give you completely different results in 100 days. So uh, something I say often is, um, and, it, and to prevent yourself from how you're feeling in the in the moment, going back to if you're feeling really lethargic or you're just feeling worn out from the day, your willpower is depleted and you think, oh, for yoga to cross off my goal, I'm just going to reach over and touch, try to touch my toes and, all right, check it off. I did it today. That got me somewhere. Um, something that's going to have a much better impact or outcome is say saying having 15 minutes of doing yoga a day because that gives you you can check off you have to be doing yoga for 15 minutes so let's go to I hope this is kind of working this example you think so Chris yeah, does yeah. it yeah yeah so using the smart framework we're saying uh, let's get specific so using yoga or reading or actually you know what I would like to use uh, learning instrument because people I think often fail at this one so uh, I'm I a did. guitar I failed at this one too. <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a guitar player, and lots of my friends through the years have always been like, oh, I want to learn guitar. And after a couple of weeks, they usually give up, 
And, you know, it took me probably a solid year before I got even halfway okay at playing a guitar. And then many more years after that. So going into it, you would say, okay, if I want to learn an instrument, being realistic, you're uh, being specific, is I want to learn how to play guitar. Um, measurable, I need some kind of feedback that's going to say, uh, have I been putting the work that's improving my goal? So it could be if I can't play any guitar, I have no idea what the thing is. Maybe measurable is knowing zero chords on day one and be able to play a song or know three chords by day 100. Um, accountable, that's for individuals or a system to keep you accountable to your goal. If you had no way to track the progress, like the 100-day chart, um, in your head it's kind of like, did I do it or did I not do it? The 100-day commitment chart tells you front and center, you check it off if you did it or not. It's a simple yes or no. Going into realistic is could I uh, learn to play the guitar in 100 days? Well, I guess going back to specificity, what does learning the guitar mean to you? Uh, that's kind of an open-ended question as far as playability, I guess. So maybe a better goal would be learn how to play one song on the guitar, right? So that could be realistic in 100 days, um, but you're not going to be Steve Vai in 100 days going from zero to 100 or whoever your favorite musician is. You're not going to be Metallica in 100 days, right? <laughs> but you might be able to play a Metallica song in 100 days. Um, so that was uh, realistic. And then time. So being able to have a time on your goal that gives you something to shoot for. Uh, so the 100 day gives you um, a time period for when you can stop working on your goal, I guess. Like you're committing for – 100 continuous days, whereas if you just said, oh, I want to learn to play the guitar um, not using a smart goal, it'd be like, okay, well, if you're not specified on what you're trying to, what the outcome is, and you have no way to measure it and no way to keep yourself accountable saying yes or no, do you work on it a day, then that progress or that goal you're shooting for could go on indefinitely because it has no end timetable what you're trying to shoot for. Now, it doesn't mean uh, that your failure, if you didn't meet your goal, come a hundred days on the timetable, but it gives you a realistic framework to sh something to shoot for, to something to aim for, and it gives you the framework to hopefully to accomplish your goal. Yeah, man, does that so, sound good, dude? Perfect. And I think realistic or reachable is probably one of the more important parts because, like you said, man, if someone's goal is to if you set a goal, if you don't run and you're like, I'm going to run for an hour every day, that's not a realistic goal. You know, like I did 15 minutes of yoga and I'm going to be honest, man, if I said I was going to do 20 minutes of yoga, I might not have accomplished it. I might not have reached it every single day because in my brain, 15 minutes seems reasonable no matter what is going on that day. It could be the most busy day of my life, but I can find 15 minutes. Whereas if I said 20 minutes, you know, and some days I did do yoga for 20 minutes. Sometimes I did it for like 40 minutes. It just depended on the amount of time I had. But the fact that I said at least 15 minutes made it realistic in my mind. So you kind of got to think what's going to be realistic for you and your schedule when you're coming up with your own goal. Yep. And we come back to the idea to get the slight edge that over a long period of time, it's the little things that have to be the big things that gives you the slight edge. Uh, when we think about uh, something that's realistic, and that's time, that too often uh, individuals think of drastic changes they want to instantly make versus the subtle changes 
that they stick with. So drastic changes, an example is New Year's resolutions. Yes. All of a sudden, everyone's <laughs> like, oh my God, it's New Year's again, and I'm tomorrow I'm going to the gym for an hour or two hours, and I'm going to run 80 miles this week, right? And that behavior lasts for about a week or two. It's too drastic, and they can't keep up with it. They realize they don't have the extra time in their life because our lives are busy. Um, whereas a subtle change, you know, everyone, what I advocate for is saying uh, 10 minutes. So, yeah, not trying to say a half hour, but a minimum of 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes, because we all have 10 or 15 minutes somewhere in our day that we waste that we can do something. Now, the goal idea here is with uh, being subtle, like you mentioned, some days you did 20 minutes, some days you did 40 minutes. So again, this is a little psychological trick to get in the groove or uh, having momentum in your practice on working on something is if you say 10 minutes of yoga or 10 minutes of practicing the guitar, uh, you're going to sit down and you'll be like, okay, I have 10 minutes, no excuses. And you can start noodling away. Well, chances are after 10 minutes, you may now kind of be in the flow of that practice. And before you know it, 30 minutes may pass by and you've practiced 30 minutes. Not a problem at all, but you committed to your original 10 minutes and that's what matters that you got that done. Whereas now if you said, oh, I want to practice 30 minutes every day, uh, that may be unrealistic because in your day, uh, it may seem very intimidating, overwhelming, being like, oh, I got to sit down again. I have to find 30 minutes in my day to get this done. Um, it's going to feel overwhelming and set yourself up for failure. Whereas again, setting the bar a little bit lower so it's reachable and not too far out of reach. Yeah, yeah, man. So we were talking right before we started recording. Uh, we just want people. So you're starting a new quote unquote cycle with the Facebook group today. Uh, yeah. And, so and, I'm, and this was on Monday, and I'm probably putting this podcast out later in the week. Yeah, so uh, this is a great example of my roommate walked in today, and today is July 31st, Monday, and just so happens to be I, f I wrapped up my last 100-day commitment last week and give myself usually a break, and then I jump into the next one. And doing so, um, people like to start the same time as me or whatever it is. You don't have to start when I start. Everyone's 100-day commitment's on your own. It's just sometimes nice to join a little group when they set off walking together. But uh, my roommate walked in today and he's like, oh, I love this 100-day commitment. I've been thinking about what I want to do. And I'm a, I'm a start on the first kind of guy. And that's how I usually am. But he's like, he was talking to his girlfriend. She's like, uh, Andres, um, today is better, is any time is better than any other day, right? Why do you have to wait till tomorrow? And he's like, that's a valid point. Like uh, too often, I think those are excuses or things we set up that we want to wait till everything's perfect and right. Um, but I want to make sure you get clear on things. You don't just jump in to take it on. Uh, but again, any, every, any day is like just as good as any other day to start, right? It doesn't have to be Monday. It doesn't have to be the first of the month starting now. So that way you can start, uh, making that slight edge improvement every single day. So the group has started, uh, by group. I mean, I'm launching one today, setting off on my next hundred day commitment. I know a few others who wrapped up, they were also starting today. Um, that doesn't mean you can't start tomorrow. It doesn't mean you can't start a week from now. It doesn't mean whenever you hear this message, whether it's a month, five months in the future, you can start whenever feels right for you. Um, but again, I would just kind of give you a little bit of push of saying, you know, uh, if not now, then when, right? So the sooner you start, the better you'll be. Yeah, man. And so that's join100club.com. And what's what's the group on Facebook again? Yeah, if you just search Facebook, The 100 Club, it should pop up. 
Um, it's a little banner. There's probably a couple that are similar with that group name, but the 100 Club, I think, is the official title, and the banner should uh, say something about 100 Club. Do or add add or subtract something that improves your life daily. Yeah, and uh, if once you start, post something on the Facebook group. Let people know because then you have some accountability partners. You have some people to ask advice from. If uh, you know, chances are someone's doing something similar to what whatever goal you're choosing. So, um, and you know, and then you just get encouragement. Like I know for me, every I don't know twenty five days or so, I'd post a picture of my little chart and. Uh, you know, you'd get some encouragement on the, on the Facebook group, which was awesome. So, yeah, man. Yeah, one final kind of message or something you messaged before. You're thinking, you know, day 20 or 30, like you still weren't feeling it. And may, or maybe that's when things started to click a little bit, right? Especially with physical goals. Like people don't realize like, and again, I'm not a uh, scientist or whatever, but uh, our, our cellular structure and things have to change. And those take a long time. So like flexibility, you can't just magically touch your toes overnight. Like you have to expand your tissues and they have to break down and regrow and all this stuff sometimes takes months to happen um so one of my favorite analogies or uh, i guess if it is an analogy is the idea of doubling a penny uh for 30 days and so the the question is chris would you like a million dollars right now today or would you take a penny that doubled every day for 30 days if you just asked me and I didn't know this question, I would say, I want a million dollars right now. <laughs> yeah. And this is a fascinating uh, breakdown of the power of compound of compounding efforts. And so what happens is if you look at a chart of a, a penny doubling every single day. So day one, you have one penny. Day two, you have two. Day three, you have four cents. Day four, you have eight cents, then 16 cents and 32 cents. It seems like that's not amounting to much. You're really far away from a million dollars. However, when you get to day 23, roughly, that's when things start to take off. Because at day 23, uh, well, day 22 is $20,000, almost 21. Day 23 is almost $42,000. Day 25 is 167000 Day 26, 335000 uh, Day 27, 671,000 day 28 1.3 million day 29 2.6 million and day 30 is 5.3 million dollars i knew so, i should have taken that deal <laughs> so if you would take the penny uh day one of 30 that doubles you'd be much farther ahead yeah now again the reminder in that little story and that math is that we may not see the results of our efforts that we put in for a long time, but they're adding up, right? So when you go into this thing, and this is why I love doing a 100-day commitment, you may not see things happening in one day, five day, 10-day increments, 20 days. Your first 30 days, you won't see much. When I was do, trying to learn the handstand, I remember getting into the days 60s and 70s, and I was still frustrated because it was still a pretty crappy handstand. And you know, by 100, it's starting to get pretty decent and, and so on like that. So again, we're in for the kind of long haul the lifestyle change. We know that we're doing a commitment and we're not looking for some quick fix that doesn't work and it doesn't last. Dude, you rock. You're the best. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we'll get back at you at some point. So thank you for being on this. Like we haven't come up with a name for it, (laughs) but we're, we're, we're coming up with a cool name for this episode. So thank you for coming on Cal. Hey man, love it. Um, Hope to see you all out there and uh, go ahead and, 
you know, one thing that's fun about these commitments is sharing it and getting people excited. Um, just one last little sense to worry is, you know, people get really excited with whether it's drastic or subtle changes and they get all amped up to do things like this and the first 10 days go by. And then at some point they miss a day and that's where they get discouraged and they just get off the train and they just let it keep on going and they never join on. Again, if you miss a day, like just accept it and realize that today is another day to jump on the train and start building that streak and staying with it because over the long haul, what's more important is that you have more committed days than uncommitted days and that's what's going to lead to uh, a drastic or, or, or long-lasting impact and change in your life. Dude, that rocks. Join 100 Club, and we'll get Ooh. back out Cal at some point in the future. You're, the, you're awesome, All right. dude. <laughs> All right. Thanks again to Calvin. And that, like we said a few times during that conversation, is the Join 100 Club. And you can find that at www.join100club.com or by simply joining his Facebook group, which is called The 100 Club. All right, now we are going to catch back up with Jason Suddeth. And he previously was on episode number, this is me stalling to look it up, number 39, uh, in which he had lost 40 pounds in the last, in two months, in a short two months by doing Whole30, getting back into exercise and really starting to pursue health again. And after we recorded that episode, Jason texted me and was like, hey, man, I think I want to try something really, really stupid and hard, stupidly hard, a 50K. And this is like, I don't think he's re he had run more than five miles up to that point. And so I was super, I was stoked for him. That's fun. That reminds me of a, a Travis Steppen like, goal, like signing up for something that you're completely not ready for. But it sounds like, you know, unlike Travis. Jason's actually, you know, trained for it. Well, it's funny you say that because he did say, he's like, your friend Travis had this really interesting perspective on <laughs> just <laughs> signing up for something you're completely unprepared and, uh, you know, you're you're just going to be completely overwhelmed by it and see if you can tough it out. And that was, that was one of his inspirations. So um, in this section, we kind of talk about, like he has three months until his 50K. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine for sure. But we're kind of just discuss like what he should do in those in that time to train uh, leading up to the race and what he really should kind of like tune his focus in on, I guess. Um, yeah. And we also just catch up, see how he's doing with weight loss and all that fun stuff. So anything you want to say about Jason, Lindsay? Can it, can it be like a global? I just want to say hi to all the Suttas because I just love them and miss them. Our neighbors. I do also want to say that Jason has this gigantic dog. With an awesome name. Yeah, and his name is Jorah Mormont, which if you're a fan of Game well, of Thrones. Which we shouldn't have to explain why that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but his dog like legitimately is almost, it's probably as big as me, right? Yeah, Harper thinks it's a horse. I, you could probably ride this dog, Sir Jorah Mormont. Sir. All right, let's get into it. Um, Jason Suddeth, I hope you guys enjoy. And you know what? You should totally, if you're listening to this and you've been like pondering doing a 50K or even like a half marathon or even a 5K, like sign up right now and then figure it out from there, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
All right, Jason. So last, where we last left off with you, you said you were thinking about signing up for a 50K. And then as like five minutes after I got done talking, you texted me saying that you signed up. So you're currently signed up for the Pilot Mountain to Hanging Rock 50K in um, Danbury, North Carolina. Is that the correct town? That is, that is correct. All right, sweet. So October 14th. Dude, that was great. That was my next question is how far away is it? How far out? So you're a couple months out. We just started. This is August 1st. So you're, yep. you know, two and a half months away. So really, in my opinion, now is when you need to like kick the training into gear. But before we get there, where where are you at right now with your training? Um, I'm getting ready for a wedding. So that's happening in <laughs> September. And that takes precedent for a lot of my time. But in my spare time, of course, um, just doing a bunch of running. Um, I'm kind of just beefing up my mileage. Like you said, this is when everything ramps up. So yeah, um, been here up to this point doing three or four miles every day and then really hitting it hard on the weekends and doing doing eights and tens um saturday sunday um now i think i'm gonna kind of up that ante and do try and do six and eight mile days leading into 12 to 15 on the weekend kind of thing well man really just jump it yeah i'm gonna be honest though doing what you're doing now like four miles during the week and then increasing on the weekends that might be all you really need to do, you know, because, okay. you know, there's a certain point where you don't want to get yourself injured going into the race either. And by like ramping it up to the extreme, you know, before you're ready, uh, that might just be cause yeah. for injury. But at the sure. same time, like I'm a huge believer in on the weekend, like do what you got to do during the week, like stay active during the week, eat healthy during the week. But mm-hmm. on the weekends, if you're ramping it up a couple miles, like, you know, one weekend you're doing eight, the next weekend you're doing t- 10, the next weekend you're doing 12, like that is a very slow burn, but it might be the best way to train for one of these without getting injured. So I think you're sure. doing a good okay. job. Um, okay. Well, yeah. And also you hit on a great point about the wedding taking precedence. <laughs> because it should man like people get confused with that stuff where you know you set a goal and then all of a sudden you're just completely consumed and well it was there was there there have been days when it's like oh i'm kind of more excited for this run than i am my wedding and i had to re-shift my gear (laughs) also joy is not allowed to listen to this podcast but (laughs) we'll we'll just tell her but i'll put a little warning right before you say that (laughs) there you go bleep that out and the, the editing no i mean it's all it's truth though i mean i think every male really fights and i guess women too but it's it's very we strive for those goals we strive to set those achievements and fight hard for them and i think that's really something in just our spirit i guess i say as men but i guess women as well but we want to achieve stuff and so I think that's this is a goal, and that's really all I think about here lately. I mean, it's get my work done so I can go out and run, so I can 
And then all through the run, it's fighting hard and thinking about, I'm going to run 32 miles. And really just want to do good. I mean, it's I'm in that middle shift of, my legs really hurt, but it's worth it. It's, it's I think, that that mindset that's really just taking the shift. And I'm not, I mean, I want to, I want to compete, but at the same time I want to do it. And yes. it's, that's the question I get asked all the time is like, are you crazy? What are you, what are you doing? Why would you <laughs> want to do a 50 K? And I'm just like, why don't you not want to run a 50 K and prove to yourself that you can do it and prove that your body is capable of these things. And I mean, I just got done listening to your podcast Yesterday, I finished the one with um, uh, her name escapes me. Oh, Sarah! Just where she Sarah, rode across. Yeah. The, oh my God! Rode so across crazy. the United States. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm thinking about 32 miles when she just did thousand miles. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. it, it just it's a different perspective. <laughs> It is, man, but like my whole point has always been, you know, if going out and running a mile is hard for you and you go do it, I'm impressed by that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If like, you know, changing some sort of habit in your life that you're kind of like addicted, like if you're, if you smoke cigarettes and you're addicted to smoking cigarettes and you decide not to, like, I think that's super difficult. And I'm just as impressed by that. I mean, obviously, yep, exactly. riding your bike across the United States in 11 days is, is like really insane. And it's hard to even wrap right. my head around. And it is good when you're doing something like training for a 50K to have that perspective because it does kind of help you at times be like, okay, if she can do that, surely I can accomplish this, you know? But uh, Yeah, exactly. But yeah, man. So, uh, with your wife, are you, are you got, like, is she going to come to the race? Are you including her in those of, in all the pre-race and, you know, during the race activities? Um, I'm still working on the logistics. (laughs) Um, she wants to crew me, I guess is the proper term. Like she wants to, I mean, her words is I'm going to be his cheerleader, but in reality, I think I'm going to give her probably a dozen dry t-shirts to <laughs> try and meet me at all the aid stations that I can meet her at. Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't, I looked at the map a little bit and was starting to kind of get into the, where, where the aid stations are and where road access are and kind of that stuff where she could, like you said, be a part. Um, she ran her first, 5k and like came in first place out of all of the women's which yeah i remember you texted me that i was so excited um but she that's it like she doesn't want to go anywhere past (laughs) three the 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 5k so she doesn't necessarily want to pace me or run with me at any part of it but she wants to be there obviously yeah and i've got a few other people that want to come and see at least uh the finish or be a part so yeah man it it finishes at this great location um this little i guess bar on the river where they rent rafts and kayaks and stuff so it's a good it's a really cool finish line which most ultras are but it's a really cool finish line a cool hangout spot um and if i remember because i ran this one a few years ago and there are plenty of places where she'd be able to 
stop by and see you. And, you know, like well, as a racer, that's huge to boost your spirits and, you know, get yeah. your adrenaline going. And then sometimes you're just like, oh, man, I got to fake that I'm feeling good uh, because <laughs> she's here, you know, and I don't want her to yeah. feel bad for me. And then sometimes that faking feeling good actually turns into like reality and you really feel good all of a sudden. And right. So exactly. that's, that's important. But I, I also am a huge proponent of inviting your like loved ones to these events for them to right. kind of like see the community because the community is really cool. And, you know, everyone who runs these are usually like the nicest, best people who are down to earth. And, and then, you know, their families are the same way. And I know my wife uh, has hung out with, you know, other people's family members who have been watching and are like my kids have played with other people's kids while they're waiting at the aid stations. And it's just kind of like a really cool excuse to hang out outside in these awesome state parks and, uh, you know, beautiful areas like for an entire day, (laughs) you know? So I would definitely suggest like include her as much as possible. Like, I think that's really cool. I plan to. (laughs) And then maybe, maybe she'll be like, Oh, that person can run this. Like, you know, maybe I can too, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think she's getting, She's getting inspired, inspired by what I'm doing because, I mean, since we last talked, I mean, I was doing, I did all this stuff. And, I mean, the journey is just getting, I don't want to say easier, but it's the more weight I lose, the easier it is to run. Yes. <laughs> and the better my body feels because it's less weight on my knees. I mean, so she's inspired that, I mean, since March, I've lost 50 pounds. I mean, she's watched me to the point That's of, awesome. like, I went from... I could barely touch my toes bending over to I can palm the floor. I mean, just you can see it. I mean, everyone, if you lost weight, you're, you're losing things. You And so it's good. That's the kind of thing that she's getting inspired by that. And it's inspiring other people. And it's yeah. just fun. It's fun to go through those transformations. Yeah, man. I just realized that you your video was working on Skype now. So I just clicked over. <laughs> and, and like, I got to say, man, you're looking really good. Yay! <laughs> so Thanks, yeah, dude. dude, that's awesome, and that's like you know that's just what will naturally happen when you start training for something like this. Because yeah. I mean, I, my biggest advice for people is like, hey, you want to lose weight? Sign up for some sort of endurance event or athletic event because yep. like you're basically going to be forced to. <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. And everyone, everyone keeps asking me, well, why aren't you doing like a half marathon first, or why aren't you doing a marathon at least? And I'm like. Go big, go home. I mean, <laughs> I want to be an ultra runner. I don't want to be a runner. So ultra runners start after 26 miles. <laughs> that's awesome, man. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's where it goes. Yeah. What? Uh, okay. So, you know, I'd say ramp, definitely start slow. Like, don't, like I said, I made the mistake a couple of weeks ago of having like a hero week, quote unquote, without even like unintentionally where I ran way too much. I ran up a mountain, I climbed a mountain, I did Tough Mudder. And ever since then, I've been dealing with some soreness and injuries and stuff like that. So that being said, don't like, don't call me in like a week from now and be like, hey man, I just went out and ran 24 miles. Like (laughs) that's probably not the smart way to go. But there are some things I think you should do over the next couple months like while you're slowly building up so um 
you know, well, and first of all, I got to say, like, you're in Danville, Virginia right now. It's brutally hot, probably. And this week hasn't been as bad, but I say not as bad. It's still 100% humidity and 90 degrees. That's it. So you're already <laughs> getting like fantastic training. Like your four miles, four mile runs are way harder than, you know, the regular yeah. four mile run. Uh, sure. it's, it's like it's like doubling. Uh, so you're already doing good there. Um, just like on the weekends, do one long run a weekend. You know what I mean? Like, sure. And it doesn't matter how slow you go. You know, you don't have to be sprinting it. If you, if it goes, if it takes longer than you think it should, that's completely okay. But like, just get it done. If you have to hike parts of it, hike parts of it. Like the biggest thing I noticed in my first 50 K was how sore my feet got. And that okay. was just because I I wasn't used to spending, you know, a lot of time on them. You know what I mean? Like yep. if you're up walking around all day and then you go on a Saturday and you run 15 miles, like you're 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 going to start building up your feet if that makes yep. sense. Um, oh yeah. Well, where I'm noticing my feet have been holding up pretty good. My knees, like right below my knees on the outsides. I mean, I sit with the foam roller and then I do stretches and it takes me a whole half a day just to get them kind of where they don't ache. Yeah. And so that's been where my stretching has really come into play. And I I definitely need to do more of that, that kind of stretching and kind of, I might, I think I'm going to get some, um, some rubber bands and do some actual leg work just to kind of build up some tone, some muscles in different areas to kind of beef up my knees. Yeah, definitely. Well, and then also like, don't be afraid to take recovery days, you know, like don't be afraid if you're not running two or even three days a week, like that's fine. As long as on the weekend, you're getting that long run in, you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's kind of the most important day, but like, I know for me, I've done, the dumb thing like you know you i mean you'll go through this you'll probably you know do some dumb things and like <laughs> push it too hard and stuff but yeah. i would go on a long run and then the next day i'd be like okay i'm gonna do squats now and Ouch. it was the worst thing in the world and i did it like once and then i learned my lesson and yeah. you know it was like oh after the long run i need uh i need a rest day hold on one second yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, that's what I, I haven't done any stupid. I mean, I, I went out and was like, I'm going to run 12 miles today. I made it to 10 miles and was starting to really hurt. And I was like, I, I set out to do 12. I'm going to do 12. And I pushed it for that last two miles. And I regretted it. Like, yeah. it, was, it wasn't fun. It got to the point where it really started to hurt. Um, and I ended up, like, walking up Main Street because you know where I live at the bottom yeah, of the hill. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I finished 12 miles right there about where the brick is and walked from there up to my house, which is another additional mile. And it was just brutal because I just felt it. I was like, uh, I, I overdid it. And, yeah. and I took two or three days of just, I didn't run. It was painful to walk. It was just <laughs> one of those things. So yeah. I definitely agree. It's just, I'm trying, I'm learning to not be stupid yeah man well and then the other thing i would suggest and i know it's really hard right now uh where you are but like get as much time in the woods as possible 
And, you know, I do understand right now with the humidity and the yeah. spider webs. And, like, I, I kind of miss spider webs since I moved to Colorado. <laughs> but uh, you're going to get spider webs in the face. Uh, and, like, the snakes and, like, ticks and all that. Like, I understand all of those <laughs> factors. Nature. Nature, nature. Yeah. And you're going to feel really gross afterwards and definitely need a shower right away. But – or just do what I did. They have, like – it's a mountain bike park, so they have a hose. Mm-hmm. Spray, yep. spray it down afterwards. Spray but, it down. Uh, like definitely, yeah. at least for your long runs, like I guess for the short ones, it's not as important, but for the long ones, like getting out in the woods. And then if you're in a situation like that, where like you get through 10 miles and you're like, oh man, like I, I probably should stop here. You can just hike it and you're not going to have the like social stigma of people being like, is that Jason on the side of the road? Like I thought he was training to run. What's he walking? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I've been doing my long runs. Like I've started doing, I need to get more in the woods. Like you said, I think that's definitely a, a key thing. I've been doing a lot of street running lately. And I think once I get in the woods too, it will help out with my knees and my, my joints. Cause it'll be ground, um, concrete. But, um, the weekend runs I'm trying, like I've the last two weeks I've done them in the woods. Um, so easy to just go out the front porch and do a big loop around Danville. Um, Cause I've kind of figured out what loops, like I've got an eight mile loop now and I've got a, the 10 mile loop. And then it's fun to say I have those now, but I need to, I wish I mean, I jumping into the anglers park is where, where I'll hit most of the stuff. And like you said, I think there's it's like 32 miles continuous if I wanted. So yeah, man. Um, yeah. And At this this weekend, me and a buddy and Joy, we're all going to Hanging Rock, so that same area where everything is. So I'll get a little bit of a scope of what those trails are like, and we're going to do most most of the trip will be kayaking and canoeing. But I'm going to jump on the trails early morning before we go out just to get a taste um, and see what what the Hanging Rock trails actually look like and kind of compare those to anglers and um run a bunch of hills (laughs) (laughs) yeah man i'll tell you the hardest part of the whole 50k right now uh it's at the it's the second half of the race is a lot harder the first half you're on horse trails um and they're difficult but they're like rolling hills you know as soon as you get to hanging rock you go up this i mean i can't remember what's called but i know it's like a horse trail or something and it is brutal. It switchbacks the whole way up for like a mile or maybe two miles Oof. all the way to the top. So if you go out and you hike up Moore's knob or Moore's wall, mm-hmm. right before you like you're getting to the top on the ridge, right before you're going to turn right to go to the actual like really cool view and everything. Um, mm-hmm. There's this horse trail that will literally like if you're at the top, it'll literally be like straight down the hill. And so you're okay. gonna be coming up that. <laughs> so. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's the hardest part. Um, And I guess the last thing I would advise you over the next few weeks um, during your long runs is bring some food out and test it out. And Mm -hmm. I I know for me, I would try to do every 20 minutes or so, even like even during a 12 mile run, I would try to be like, okay, every 20 minutes, I'm going to eat something and I would bring some sort of food that was going to bring on the race. And whether that was like, goo or some of the uh 
like nutritional stuff they have at the running store in town um or even like peanut butter sandwiches or soda like i just had soda out there um in my car for like halfway through the run and i would chug (laughs) one like okay let's see how i feel and then i would kind of like take i would kind of you know figure out how my body felt after the run and the goal being that after 12 15 miles or even 20 if that's gonna be like your longest run training the goal is like by the end of it to not feel the cramps in your legs um as much like you'll feel them a little bit but like the goal is to be hydrated so you're not like completely destroyed by the end of those long runs um you want to be able to like the rest of the day go out and go for a walk or or something you know be active Mm -hmm. and like not destroyed so and gotcha. you know, food is a big thing because you got to see like, oh, yeah. you know, is this going to upset my stomach? It's better to find that out when you're in the woods by yourself and <laughs> not in the middle. Not in a race. Yeah, yeah. But, understood. All right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you one question at least. Um, do you backpack or do you vest or do you belt? So I would definitely like. I don't know if Adam at the at the running store of the brick would like let you test a few out but like find out what works for you the best for the longest time i used a backpack okay. which was cool and i would just throw water balls back there but the problem being if i was actually racing i would have to stop take the backpack off unzip it get my water ball out uh-huh. and drink it um or you could use a camel back which probably is a really easily accessible way um but kind of same thing for your nutrition and your food with camelback you have to like take it off um, all that stuff. Okay. So I personally use a vest right now and I have two water bottles up front and some pouches no. for some food. Um, okay. And then I, I I've also, yeah, I've also used this thing called a flip belt. Uh, if I'm just using like the goo, which is disgusting, but, uh, it's like a little belt with pouches in it and I just shove a bunch of food in there. Yeah. So that's what I'm using now is just the belt. I mean, that's what I've, just i mean i've had i've got my it's i used it more in my hiking and stuff like that but it's just it it doesn't bounce because i don't like the bounce i don't like the so i think this weekend i'm gonna really i'm gonna throw i'm gonna put my camel back on and see how much it bounces and have something on my shoulders and see how that feels and that might dictate vest versus backpack because gonna have to have more water than i'm used to bringing with me (laughs) Yeah, man. And that's so like, just treat this month, uh, just treat this month as like the testing month. Um, okay. and then treat September as the really like, Hey, I got to get a long run or a couple long runs in. And then, uh, October more like, Hey, you know, foot off the gas pedal a little bit, like slowly go back down. Um, and then hopefully okay. figure all that out, but yeah, man, uh, we'll have you back on when you co- successfully complete yeah. the 50 K. <laughs> I'm I'm stoked about it. It's right. gonna be good. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on this week, brother. Yeah, dude. Thank you. <laughs> I'd see you, man. And there we go with Jason Suddeth. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a good, a good because I always say like, all right, there's Jason Suddeth or whatever. So, anyways. There we go, Jason Suddeth. Uh, we wish him the best of luck. His race is in October. Um, we'll probably catch up with him one more time before the race. And then we'll definitely hear his race report afterwards. And he'll do great. He's also getting married. 
he is getting married. He mentioned that in the in the at the very beginning of the conversation. And yeah, hey, best of luck in marriage, man. Do you feel like being married helps you run more because you're like, I need to get out. I gotta get out of the house. Yeah, it's like I'm running <laughs> away from my like, problems. Maybe. <laughs> no, because if I'm gonna be honest, like I only get up and run when you're asleep. No, I know you're. Yeah, or I get I'm up. like waking up and then he's like, I run 10 miles a day. I'm like, Whoa. I saw a moose. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next podcast. So back during episode, <laughs> my voice might have cracked. Whatever. It's all good. Back in episode number 42, we talked with two young gentlemen about climbing your first 14er. We had Scott Stark on who... Um, has definitely climbed quite a few mountains. He's been above treeline more than most people that I know, right? Mm-hmm. And to Ned Stark. Ned Stark. Oh, uh, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> oh my lord! Cut that out. <laughs> Where did that I well, no, I was I was God. confused because everyone you know references Tony Stark from oh, Iron Man with his name. You heard it here. Um, so we talked to Scott, um, and we also talked to Sean Furlong. We had him sit in as kind of our uh, newbie or rookie or someone who had never climbed a 14er to kind of ask us some clarifying questions about what to expect from the process. So um, anyways, I'm happy to say that I took Sean up his first 14er about two weeks ago. We climbed Mount Beardstot. We had a grand old time and a grand old adventure. And uh, yeah, that's what we chat about. And you'll hear how I smashed my leg on a rock. And we're going to put that actual soundbite in at the very end of the podcast today. So enjoy that of just me in agony. And uh, yeah, we'll kind of talk about another mountain we climbed before the 14er. And Sean will explain when he met the most majestic creature on the mountain, which was this awesome mountain goat. (laughs) So, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, if you're in Colorado and you want to climb a 14er, number 42 of our podcast was guide to climb your first 14er. So check that out. And yeah, we'll, we'll hear from Sean right now. All right. We have Sean Furlong here and Sean and I, uh, it was about two weeks ago, I think at this point, but we climbed his first 14er because earlier we had him on the podcast getting him ready to climb his first 14er so we're we have him on today we kind of just want to hear about the experience and i legitimately talked that day from when he picked me up at two in the morning until like noon so i'm going to try to shut up now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh it's an enjoyable conversation up the mountain i'm not gonna lie yeah that's part of the fun yeah Um, That's right, especially after you smoked your knee on the rock. Yeah, well, let's get into that part because basically you picked yeah. me up. We decided to do Mount Beardstot because of the weather yeah. situation. Well, there's a lot leading up to this decision. We changed <laughs> our minds a few times. So the what was it, the Sunday before we were going to do this on the Friday the 21st of July? So that Sunday before, we got a practice one in on, what is it, Buffalo Mountain? Yes, yeah. And that's a 12, a 13er? It's 12,000, um, but we probably gained just about, just the like same amount of feet as we did at Mount Beardstad. 
yeah. So this thing was a challenge, and it was definitely harder than the one that we actually did. Yeah. Um, well, how so though? Like, can you explain and kind of like try to give them yeah. an idea? Yeah. So this is going to be like my first hike, of, you know, outside of like the ones you can drive to from my house. Like that's 15 minutes away to take an hour. So this took us four or five hours um, to do. And there's this massive boulder field. And like when people tell you like, oh, there's a boulder field. Like I didn't really have any frame of reference for what that was going to entail. <laughs> It's hard. It's super hard. Um, you're literally climbing over rocks that are at least to your chest and waist. And like, it takes a lot of energy. And then coming back down is by far the harder part because I weigh a decent amount and lit, like lowering yourself 400 times is like doing 400 partial squats. And then my knees are killing me afterwards. Yeah. I kind of forgot just how, and I always do. I've done that mountain probably like six or seven times and I always forget how yeah. like it's really, it's a giant boulder field. So if you've never been on one, it's literally just boulders. like, yeah, just huge boulders, but it's also really steep in that section. Um, and yeah, and you, I think you mentioned like each step down, the rocks also like kind of shift. So you're like using these oh, tiny yeah, muscles in your leg. Oh yeah, that got me so frustrated. <laughs> that got me so frustrated because I, I take a step down and then every step for like an hour, my ankle would shift in every single direction on every access known to physics because yeah. every rock would shift underneath the weight. So that was a joy. <laughs> so you're not only just doing squats up and down the mountain, but like you're also it's like doing a ton of squats on like those weird uh, half air balls yes yes <laughs> right so do that for like an hour and tell me your knees don't hurt and you're not a little annoying yeah but it and... was fun because we got to the top and we met friends yes and by friends i mean we met a family of mountain goats and they got within like two feet of us and it was freaking dope i took maybe my favorite picture of all time of you <laughs> Yeah, I, it's now my it's on Facebook probably forever um, because it's the coolest thing I've ever done. Yeah, I think I put it on uh, the Like a Bigfoot Facebook group. But I'll repost it this week. It's just Sean with his first mountain goat, just pure joy, mm -hmm. just pure, yeah, just child childlike joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually I have to get a dude to see that shit. I was on top of the mountain after climbing up the damn thing. You earned it, man. You um, earned that mountain goat. <laughs> yeah. So when we got to the top of Buffalo Mountain, we could see the original mountain, if you remember, was going to be Mount of the Holy Cross. And we could see it from where we were on Buffalo. And it looked real scary. Like, it visually freaked me out a little bit. I was like, I don't know if I can do that one. So then we went on this journey of like, are we going to do that? Are we not going to do that? Yeah. And then we finally landed on Beardstad. Beardstad? Beardstad. We were going to do a, a Mount or like Huron Peak. But it was three hours away, and the weather that weekend was really bad. Like, it had been bad the days leading up. And then that day, it was supposed to start storming at, like, 1030. And so if we would have driven three hours to a mountain and then started, like, we're just upping our chances of getting caught in a storm. So Beardstot right. is one of the more popular ones because it's an hour from the Denver metro area. So we decided to do that one. Yeah. Yeah, so we uh, we decided we were going to start at like 4 or 5 in the morning. Is that right? Uh, Almost earlier, man. Didn't we start like at 3.30? Did we start at 3? Yeah, we started at like 3.30. Like 3, 
Right. So that means I live a half hour away from Chris's house, and then the mountain was an hour away from Chris's house. So I went to bed at 10 and woke up at 1, so I took a nice little nap. Um, <laughs> a solid whopping three hours of sleep, which is, you know, ideal for the uh, intense physical day ahead. <laughs> Um, but that was good. And then we ran into a problem. We couldn't find gas because my car was almost empty and who knew that gas station closed at two thirty in the morning. <laughs> uh, but we, we got, we solved all those problems and then we started hiking and it was sweet. Um, so we get there at three, it takes like, what do we got this extremely windy road for 10 miles? Yes. And, and we're we... passing yeah. all these people just sleeping in their cars and I am just shining my brights on them and I felt like such a jerk. You woke all of them but up, But I didn't really care. Yeah. Yeah. We all met them. We met them all on the trail um, later in the day. We were one of the so first the cars top. in the parking lot, too. We were the third group up the mountain, I think. Yes, which was awesome, man. Like, I wanted that for your first experience and I wanted yeah. that. I think you should, like, if you're going to do a 14er, that's a totally different experience like doing the hike where you're just with your little group of friends and you don't really see other yeah. people around that's a different experience than which i'm sure you'll get to but like when we we're going down and there was like 150 oh, yeah. people going up yeah for sure uh it was awesome because you could see the little headlamps up the hill yeah. uh which is insane yeah um so we start out and it's like maybe a mile that's flat which i was very welcoming because uh, I knew it was going to be t- uh, tough, um, but it's pitch black, right? Three in the morning, three thirty in the morning. So we're you had a headlamp, I had my cell phone, and like in ten minutes we come across the uh, that little river there that gave us a lot of challenges. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you can post some audio file or somehow to the podcast at the end, um, but I recorded Chris leaping over this uh, this kind of creek onto a rock, and he missed. And then you let out the most hilarious noise I've heard a human let out. And it was just because we were delirious at that time. Yeah. What six hours after we started woken up? Man, um, I have but, no. Yeah, but Chris is a trooper because you just you're like, oh, I just bashed my my shin against this gigantic boulder, and then we we kind of collect ourselves. I limp across the uh, the creek, and then we're like, okay, everyone good? We're good. I'm like, let me see your legs. And there's a, a divot. I would use divot as the word to describe uh, what I saw in his life. Yeah. It was like a gaping wound. Yeah. It it, it bled the whole time. It bled uh, le- like legitimately. usually your blood clots. Oh, yeah. It bled into the next night, basically. Or like that night, it was That's still bleeding. <laughs> but man i don't i like um, thinking back to that i'm like why did i even try to jump across the river like in i'm yeah. used to having my feet wet but i think it was yeah just the fact that it was three in the morning and it was dark out and it was just the beginning yeah. of the hike and so we yeah. walked for like two or three minutes up and down the river just looking for a good spot and there was like a boulder in the water that you could step onto and then you had to make a leap to a giant boulder and it like went up a little bit. And there were other footprints on that one. So I was like, oh, people crossed here. So you must be able to do this. And you know what? It's, it's I was, achievable. It, I was analyzing my jump and like, I just didn't have the confidence. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. You got to commit, I guess. I didn't commit. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't commit. 
So that happened. Right That's away. a good idea. Um, I'll, I'll link the audio at the end of this, and you'll all get a kick out of my pain. I hadn't lost that hard in a good while. Um, <laughs> totally at Chris's expense. But he was a tripper. He whipped my ass up and down the mountain all day. Um, but it was fun. So we got through that. And then we started, and then, you know, there's like basically the normal trail hike for a while. Um, we heard this noise that we couldn't like place because it was barely, like it was right before the sun was going to come out. Um, and I was like, is that a drone that's just like hunting for us at the top of this mountain? <laughs> and it was what, like we decided and we made it probably way more intense than it was, that it was some F-18 from the Air Force Base that was close by. Dude, it had to have been something. I thought it was almost one it of those was like loud. stealth. Oh, I guess it wouldn't be loud if it was a stealth bomber. But yeah, it was really loud, but it was like slowly going over, you know? Yeah. It, it was creepy because it's like you can't see anything and then there's this aircraft ahead of you. <laughs> and it's just odd. It's an odd feeling to be in a wide open on top of a mountain or in the middle of a mountain. And it's just like buzzing. That's a, good, so that's a good point, man. Did you? How did you feel about being, you know, way above treeline and a ways away from the car and beard thoughts weird because you can see the car the whole way up basically but you're still like man it's gonna take a while if i got hurt it would take a while to get down there yeah um i mean i don't know why but like every time i, I went up to uh Leveland pass a few times to just get elevation experience and that's above tree line then we did buffalo which is you know, so i'd done a few things above tree line so it wasn't my very first time being that high so i was I was fine with it. Okay. I always just feel a little weird, like, because you are exposed out there, even if it's not uh, in super intense, like, you're not on the edge of cliffs and stuff, but, like, right, you're right. exposed to the weather and the elements and, you know, just... Yeah, exactly. It's it's a little... It's a different... It's always a different feeling for me, even with that one, which, like I said, you can see your car, so it's a little... Yeah. You know, interesting, but... Your car's tiny, though. It's like an ant. <laughs> so. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, you could see people on the trail coming up behind you. I just remember uh orange hoodie person. Um, when we were, like, halfway up. You were like, oh, yeah, I see someone in an orange hoodie, and I couldn't see it. Oh, yeah, so. man. They were, like, they were so tiny way down. You kind of lose oh, yeah. perspective on whether things are close or whether things are far away or, or yeah. what. So, you know, I'm, you did really good, dude. Honestly, like we went pretty fast up that mountain and you did awesome. But was there ever a moment yeah. where you're like, like, what is Chris getting? Like, what did he get me into? Um, I had that thought a few times, yeah. um, but I just went with it. It was, uh, when I woke up at one that, after I slept for three whole hours, I thought that would be one of the times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I had coffee and I was good. Uh, and then the rock jumping thing happened so quick and it was so unexpected. I just kind of didn't react and just kept going. Um, but then there was a moment, like maybe we're three quarters of the way up. Um, I swear to God, my steps were six inches long. Like, I mean, barely moving like a snail looked at me and was like, dude, pick it up. <laughs> um, but like, there's no oxygen. So like we mentioned on the other podcast, you kind of feel a little buzz and that's a fact because. You don't have any air up there. Yeah. So I was, I don't know, it was like, we were just marching along and I just got into the zone and I was like, I 
feel really high right now because I can't breathe the right amount of oxygen. <laughs> um, and so it was an odd feeling being that tired and having just no- nothing to replenish your lungs with. You're just breathing a ton, but nothing's going in. Yeah. I always feel like I kept being like the whole day. Like I said, I talked literally from the day, the moment he picked me up. And we realized halfway through, I was like, man, I spent my day with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, yeah. He, <laughs> one thing I always have anxiety about when I'm hanging out with people socially is like if the conversation runs out, that's literally never going to be a problem with you. I guess I not, man. That. I guess not. And uh, But I, I kept catching myself doing this thing where I'd be like, oh, man, like – this is the hard part. Like the next part's not going to be as oh. bad. <laughs> yeah, that brings up a good point. The amount of times Chris promised me that the top was just up there. Oh, you could right there. You're almost there. We're going to be there. So two hours later, we still couldn't see the top. I was like, dude, just let me suffer. That's that's my that's the strat. Uh, technically, I'm not lying when I say you know <laughs> we're getting closer to the top. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so um, we get to the – there's, like, one last little section where it gets a little steeper at the top, I'd say. Like, I don't know. what You know, we're getting near the top. Were you – when you got up there, were you finally just like, thank God? Or were you like, this is awesome? Well, I got up there – yeah, you know, the views were incredible the whole time because, like, as we were going up, the sun was rising, so you could see the sun hitting – the other face in the mountains across in the valley, which was ex- amazing. Um, that was fun to walk up as the sun was kind of coming up. Uh, but then when you get to like this one also had a mini boulder field, it wasn't as bad as Buffalo because that is seared in my brain of just pure hatred. Um, so nothing can compete with that. Um, so this one wasn't as bad mentally or like physically even. It was just like I was standing there catching my breath after one of my tiny six inch sprint bursts and i <laughs> look up and i'm like is, are we going to the top of that thing because it looked like a vertical wall <laughs> he's like no man you're good just when you get started you know you'll have tiny steps and you'll get there and i was like okay here he goes again lying to me <laughs> to the top and this is terrible um but yeah you're right you just start marching slowly you take it one at a time and before you know it you're at the top yeah, man. And uh, the top of Beardstock is cool because you get to see the sawtooth, which goes over to Mount Evans. And, like, it is it is what it sounds like. It's a really intense it's bridge. Intense. Yeah. yeah. And you can't wrap your head around I mean, it, man. Bridge, bridge is a pretty generous word. <laughs> that thing is, like what, you, like, what you expect when you hear people like, oh, yeah, I'm going to climb a mountain. Like, what you expect to hear from that. Yeah. And like in your head, what you're visualizing, that's what that is. Exactly, man. And I'm sure once you got going on it, here's me saying that same exact thing you just pointed out. Right? But I'm sure it's not that bad once you start on the path. But just looking at it from a ways away, it looks really, really intense. It and it'd be intense. weird. That yeah. would be a weird experience because you do this crazy intense thing to walk across the sawtooth. And then you get to Mount Evans, which is one of the only two 14ers you can drive up. And there'd be people yeah. who were just parked up there, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah, it would. It would really. Not having is on my. Uh, I don't want to do it because of that reason. Agreed. I want to get to the top, and then someone just walks out, and McDonald's falls out of their car window. No, man. Yeah. Not how this works? No, agreed, man. And you know, and hopefully we can do another one in the future, and it'll be more remote, I guess, because. 
yeah. you know, we, we spent our time at the top and it was awesome. There was a, there was one other group of guys up there. And, uh, so we're hanging with, with them, just seeing how their hike went and stuff. And I think a lot of them said they, that was their first one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I was surprised they did it in jeans a lot. Like usually jeans restrict my leg movements, like climbing up boulders is harder to do in jeans. Hey, let's, let's just put out a public service announcement right now on the podcast. Like if you're doing any sort of like (laughs) workout of any sorts, don't wear jeans. No, right? Like, nope, there's not. You can't move in them, man. I, I only wear jeans if I'm like going out to eat. You know, even if I'm around the house, I like, I can't wear jeans. I got to wear like shorts. (laughs) Yeah. The amount of clothing I used to wear um, versus now when I, now I work from home, like jeans, I don't wear pants, rarely like sandals, gym shorts. Like my laundry is very easy to do. I know, man, I'm about to go back to work and I'm, that's the one factor I'm not looking forward to is having to wear like a nice shirt and pants. Oh yeah, tucking your shirt in like the worst. Yeah, tucking. Yeah, why do we do this? This doesn't make any sense. But uh, so we started going down the mountain, and now like going down, really, you got a really good kind of experience. That you got experience hiking up by yourself, and then you got to experience the kind of crazy side of the fourteeners, especially Mount Beardstock, um, because oh yeah. It was just like a line of people coming up, right? I was not expecting it, and I was totally shocked. Like, we started heading down from the top, and there's a couple of guys that were doing it by themselves that just kind of um, were getting to the top as we were leaving. I was like, oh, wow, that was fast, two more people. Um, and then we started going down, and it was literally like a tailgate. Like, people walking to a football game, just like a train of humans <laughs> just walking up this mountain. I was like, Wow. Yeah, and that's what you don't. It was Friday. That's the thing. It wasn't even a weekend. I mean, it was Friday, I guess. But I mean, when you're looking at pictures of 14ers, you're not usually seeing that side of it. Um, Yeah, if you don't go early, you're stuck in this train of waiting for people to come down, come up. You're going to run into a bunch of people. It's not going to be ideal. No, and uh, take a power nap and, and drive in the middle of the morning. Yeah, man, I think that's definitely like the front range 14ers. You know, I I don't think it's as crazy if you go deeper into the mountains or into the state, Um, especially, you know, you can find some that are like rarely hiked or definitely like not hiked as much. I mean, like I said, we're on one of the most popular ones and some people get really like I'm, I'm a part of the 14ers group on Facebook and some people get really like curmudgeon about that. Like they, I, I read one the other day and it was like a picture of Gray's and Tories. And it was like the hundreds of like hundred people on top of the mountain. And basically whoever was posting was kind of like bashing that. And oh yeah, like I, I kind of get that and I can sympathize of like, yeah, you kind of want the experience to be by yourself and like in the middle of the wilderness and things. But on the other hand, like, how cool is it that every single person we passed on the way down was chasing some sort of goal that's, like, physically really hard to actually accomplish, you know? Yeah. 
And they weren't just spending uh, the Friday morning being lazy or watching TV. Like they were outside right. working hard, trying to get something done. So, I mean, yeah. The other thing that was you've mentioned this on other uh, shows, but like you get a chance to talk to people because there's like there's nothing to distract them <laughs> from talking to you. So we met a guy that like he grew up in Iowa and then lived in Virginia when you lived in Virginia or something like. It was an odd amount of things that we all had in common with each other. And I was like, all right, have a good day. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, man. It's interesting. Like, I think the community of people actually hiking the 14ers, everyone's generally just really nice and down to earth. And it's an automatic icebreaker because you're like, hey, man, are you climbing this super giant mountain today too? Sweet. Okay. And now you can start talking about whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're about to suffer? Yeah. Yeah. And it's always like oddly satisfying to when you pass people going down, you're not out of breath. Your legs just kind of hurt. Yeah. Um, you're just like, yeah, stuff for the guy suffered. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, so do you want to, are you, are you down to do another one? I'm like uh, raising yeah. my eyebrows right now. Like if you could see me, I was, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. I'll always be down. Um, we did a lot in that one week, so we it was did. good to, to take a little bit of a break. I'm definitely, I was, I'm definitely injured because of that week. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you almost broke your leg. Well, <laughs> not even that. Like, well, maybe that. That definitely hurts a little bit. But I just like did tough mutter and then Buffalo Mountain and ran a lot that I shouldn't have done. Like, they just told me about this thing called the 10% rule where it's like just up your workouts 10% every week and I'm like oh my god I did like 70% every rule week? that week <laughs> yeah. or you know every if week seems like a drastic amount not every week but if you're training like if you're training for a marathon yeah. or a half marathon yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. add just 10% every week and I'm like oh yeah that week I definitely did like 70% oh. you know Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, so that was dumb. But, yeah, dude, we should do one. And, you know, like I said, we'll try to do one a little more remote and not as popular. And, you know, as soon as you get into August or September, they're definitely the amount of people climbing those goes way down. But it, that's a completely – Oh, really? Yeah, just because, you know, June, Ju- June and July is – the especially July because all the snow had just melted – um and people are on vacation so that's kind of like the biggest month for doing 14ers so we'll do one it'll be a little more relaxed and we can do the whole camping at the trailhead kind of fun part and all that fun stuff so yeah i want s'mores yes yes and then we'll just fuel with s'mores (laughs) how can i have some more something i haven't had anything at all ah saying my quote awesome man well thanks for coming on dude and we'll uh we'll have you back on future because i also want to have you on to talk about crossfit at some point and enlighten me yeah man anytime all right sounds good brother cool thanks for letting me take you up a mountain (laughs) oh yeah no thanks for dragging me up the mountain all right man see you later bye All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the show this week. Thank you so much to all of our guests. That's a weird thing to say. My daughter's just joined the podcast. It's a family affair this week. She's She's eating a cookie. It's yummy. What else do you have to say about this cookie, Harper? What do you like about cookies? She's shy to the podcast. Someday we'll have her on.
Um, all right, so that wraps up the show. Thank you, Calvin. Check out his Join 100 Club, please, especially if you have a goal that you've been putting off or procrastinating or something you've always wanted to accomplish and just like didn't have the capacity of discipline to do. Like, check it out. It's a powerful tool to achieve your goals. So that was awesome. Jason, you're the man. You've been texting me tonight about running eight miles and then it becoming dark and you just figuring it out from there without a flashlight, (laughs) which is hilarious. And Sean, you're the man, sir. And we will definitely climb some more mountains in the future. As for the Like a Bigfoot podcast and our lovely host or guest introducer, what would you say? What what would what would my title be? Yeah, what's your title for this podcast? Sugar Mama. Sugar oh Sugar Mama. Sugar That's Mama? The Sugar Mountain Mama. Yeah, because we're in Colorado now. Oh, okay. What would it have been if we we're like on the beach, Sugar <laughs> Sugar Beach? <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Yeah, Lindsay. Anything you want to add to the to the outro here? I'm trying to think something really epic to say. Um, <laughs> Do you have any words of wisdom? We're also like huddled around this one mic. This is this is the podcast, buddy. Yeah. Do you want to say hi though? Mm-hmm. Okay. Say hi. Hi. Do you have any words of wisdom? Like a bigfoot. Oh my gosh, that was the best. Okay, I think we should probably wrap it up, Lens. I think you should end it with that cuteness. With the cuteness. Well, I was I was waiting for like. Just an epic oh, okay. piece of advice. All right. Um, well, I don't have advice. Or something. This is a lot of pressure. <laughs> no, I just want to like thank all the guys for talking with you because obviously I'm not the best at <laughs> conversations. And so there are other adults we should talk to since you talk to kids all day long. And they're like three of our good friends. So. Yeah. And they're all like very inspiring in my opinion. Like honestly, that's why I started the podcast is because I – realized and am grateful for the fact that the people in my lives in my life are very inspiring people you know like think about when i started last year calvin was off hiking 100 mountains 100 days my friend brady had just lost a whole bunch of weight Mm -hmm. um and he was starting to want to do all these races i mean we've known so many cool people that I've talked to on the podcast and some I haven't even gotten around to chatting with yet for the podcast, but we just have a, we're just blessed with a lot of really inspiring, amazing people in our lives. So thank you guys. And Lindsay, I know you, you say that you're not a good conversationalist. I'm not, I'm just like sitting here nodding and I'm like, nobody can see me nodding. I'll put a video on that on the Instagram account. Lindsay nods. Lindsay nods is just to narrate what you're doing. Um, but yeah, you're super inspiring too. And I'm just throwing it out here on the podcast right now. Lindsay's going to run her first half marathon in a week from Saturday. So like nine days. I'm Travis Stephaning it. Um, I can run for like an hour and a half without stopping maybe, but that's not very far. Yeah. When I was running, when I was running a couple weeks ago up by like Dylan, this like 80 year old man 
came at me going in the other direction. And I was like, oh, it's an old man saying hi to me. And he <laughs> waved at me and goes, I'm walking faster than you're running. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, did that guy just say that to me? I thought that old people were supposed to be nice. Maybe he was trying to inspire you just through the, like, I'm going to be a jerk. <laughs> I just want to, I am not low expectations. I just want to finish. No, you'll be awesome. And we'll be waiting for you at the finish line with a sign and two wonderful daughters and pizza and beer. So the best rewards, the best rewards. All right, guys, uh, we'll get back at you next week. Thank you for listening. And we appreciate and enjoy all you guys. See ya. Bye. Chris Ward, everyone attempting. A river jumping that I will certainly fail at. Oh, he's. Oh. Yep. You all right? Yeah, I think I'm good.